Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Hello everyone and welcome to a special episode of The Big Inside View. Ahead of this tantalising weekend of the Manchester Derby and the resumption of a rivalry between Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola, I spoke to Paolo Condo, an eyewitness to the height of their hostilities. Paolo, travelling from Italy to Spain, covered each of the four Clásicos in 18 days in 2011 when these two men were in charge of Barcelona and Real Madrid, not Manchester United and Manchester City. One La Liga fixture the Copa del Rey final and two legs of the Champions League semi-final made it one of the most intense fortnights in European football history. Paolo has written a book, a very good book, about those unforgettable clashes. The Duelists is out now everywhere that you can buy books about football. Tomorrow, Friday, I'll post my own special preview of the Manchester Derby focusing on Mourinho and Guardiola, where they are now as coaches, how they have altered or are attempting to alter their clubs, what has changed and what has stayed the same between 2017 and those 18 days seven years ago when the world simply could not avert its gaze. At this stage in the Big Inside View, it's a real pleasure to welcome not only a friend that I admire in Paulo Condo, but a really good eyewitness to the most dramatic stage in the relationship between Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola. Paulo, first of all, good afternoon. Thank you very much, Graham. Uh, I'm really proud to be in this podcast because my close friend Gianluca Vialli told me how important and how fine was his participation last year. So I, uh, next uh, next Sunday, I think I'll uh, see him in Sky TV, <laughs> Sky Italy, and I'll say, okay, one on one, we are, I equalized. <laughs> yeah, you're now equal with your uh, appearances on the, the big inside view. Um, uh, like Luca, you're a great storyteller, because he is too. And the impetus for this, the reason for making this part of the big inside view, Paolo, is that in your book, uh, The Duelists, which is going to be published now in, in the UK as well, in English, you use the very privileged position you had in 2010, 2011. You knew Mourinho well, even before his time at Inter, but at Inter, given that you're an Italian soccer specialist in print and on television, you, you, knew, in, you knew Inter and their version of Mourinho before he joined Real Madrid. And in that crazy first season of 2010-2011, which ended with this series of four classicals in the space of, I don't know, 16, 18 days. In that season, Guardiola, as soon as you began to report on what we call report on this beat in this area, 
Guardiola sent a, a little personal message to you saying that he wanted to meet you. So let's let's set the scene. As a European football specialist, when Mourinho moves from Inter to join Real Madrid in the summer of uh, 2010, and you already knew Guardiola was in charge of Barcelona, what, Paolo, was your anticipation of how these two guys were going to get along or whether they were going to clash? What, what did it say to your appetite as a football writer? Yes, in those years uh, I covered for Gazzetta dello Sport... Uh, uh, the international football and when uh, um, I had an easy approach to Pep Guardiola when he began his uh, charge as uh, uh, Barcelona manager because uh, Pep was in Italy two or three years uh, and uh, he every day uh, he read La Gazzetta dello Sport that is the main sports newspaper in my country and so uh, when he began, uh, you know, the Manele Stiarte, his, uh, his buddy, his friend, and uh, his uh, public relation man, uh, married uh, an Italian woman. He stayed a lot of years in Italy as a, a water polo star. And uh, Pep asked him to introduce me because he wanted to know the Italian journalist for Gazzetta that cover his new adventures. Uh, and so it, um, uh, I, I was very, very lucky because uh, in the first two matches uh, uh, against Numancia and against uh, Racing Santander, Barcelona played a good performance, but uh, lack of results because he lose in Numancia and he make a, a draw at the Camp Nou against uh, Racing Santander. But I wrote very clear on my newspaper that I have seen uh, the, the beginning of a new era for uh, international football, a fantastic, uh, nice, uh, the nicest football I ever saw. Then, then, then the Paolo, let me, let me return your compliment. I, I, and I only interrupt because I live in Spain and I know 100% for sure that the Spanish people weren't writing this. I know that apart from you, the only person I read saying the same thing after they lose 1-0 to Numancia, which is like uh, Juventus losing to Benevento or something. Yes, like that. yeah, more or less. Yeah. More or less. Yeah. The only person who wrote after the draw, which was the next game, 1-1 in Camnau, that he saw the future, that he saw a vision, that he saw things that were beautiful, was Johan Cruyff. So it, the people who are listening right now, our socios, need to understand that when you were writing this for Cazzetta, you were very, uh, you were in a very lonely place. And I'll tell you something I bet you didn't know. The night of the game against Numancia, Johan Cruyff didn't go to Numancia. He sat at home with his son, Jordi. And at the end of the game, he turned to Jordi and he said, I've, that's a beautiful game. I've seen a beautiful game of football. And Jordi, his son, turned to him and said, come on, dad. Don't be crazy. Don't be stupid. <laughs> so even Jordi uh, didn't see what you saw by game two. So I, I wanted to put that context there so that people understand that your vision was a really cool one at that stage, a really clever one. Graham, I uh, enjoyed very much the football I saw. And I know that uh, and uh, I know Guardiola is a great footballer. 
before a, a clever man, an elegant man. And uh, I, uh, I liked the fact that uh, he put Pedro and Busquets, uh, two young men of his uh, uh, Barcelona B team, uh, in, uh, in two key positions of, uh, uh, of, uh, of the field. Uh, he, had, uh, he trusted them. And so I wrote it. Uh, and uh, okay, I, uh, I, was, uh, I had a good vision and I was uh, lucky too. And so uh, Guardiola uh, read every day La Gazzetta dello Sport and, uh, and he read my, uh, my opinion, my commenta- commentary. He thanked me, of course. He, uh, uh, he, tell me, he told me, I hope you have seen right. And of yeah. course, uh, maybe, maybe that nor Guardiola knows... Uh, how right and how lucky was my vision. No, it, it, I like again what you said because you know and I know that after that game with Racing Santander, Iniesta was so worried for his new boss that he went and knocked on the door and said, boss, boss, don't worry about the criticism. We're all behind you. We're, we're with yeah. you. So yes. when he said... To I read you, it in your book, this. I know, but when Guardiola said to you, Paolo, thank you for your opinion. I hope you're right. People now, when we look at Pep, the success at Manchester City, the success at Bayern Munich, the success at Barcelona, people now need to go back and remember when he said that to you face to face, he really meant, yes. I hope I hope you're right, because he was under pressure. It's hard to believe it now for anybody who's coming to the story new that initial couple of weeks until they beat Real Betis 3-2 in midweek, um, having been losing, he was under pressure. So his message yeah, yeah, you know, was a big he was one. Under pressure. He was under pressure because uh, it was a, a sharp uh, decision to give uh, Laporta, gave him the, the job, but uh, a great part of the of the board of Barcelona wanted to give it to Jose Mourinho. That's right. And That's so right. in uh, in these first weeks, uh, Guardiola feel the pressure not only for the job in itself that uh, you know it's very it's very hard. Barcelona is a great 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 club, and so you can't uh, wait too much time before winning. But also because uh, the great uh, rival, uh, it was not an enemy in those days. It became uh, after the five nil uh, of the after the Manita. But uh, before uh, he felt the pressure, uh, the the pressure, because uh, the president uh, gave him the job uh, despite the opinion of the board. Given what you knew about the other guy. Mourinho, given what you'd seen in his time at Oporto, um, then his so successful time at Inter, how did you imagine, Paolo, that Mourinho, the the man, the the, the warrior, was going to approach this season and this test against Barcelona? Given that he had wanted that job, what did you think Mourinho would behave like? I think that Mourinho considered himself the best manager of the world. And in those, uh, now there are other 
there are more than one manager that can be a, a nice uh, uh, rival for him. But in those years, I think that uh, Pep Guardiola was the only man that uh, half of the world considered uh, the number one. And uh, Mourinho is very competitive. His mind is really... Uh, could be a paradise and a hell, a paradise. <laughs> of course, Real Madrid uh, saw the way in which uh, he won the semi-final of Champions League against Barcelona and then uh, won uh, the title uh, in uh, Santiago Bernabeu against Bayern Munich with Inter. And so uh, they were desperate. Florentino Perez was desperate about a domination, a Barcelona domination, that uh, seemed to be endless. And uh, how can uh, I'm sure? I'm sure that he try in any way to stall Messi uh, as uh, the same Figo affair. Try to arrange the same Figo affair uh, of years before. Uh, he tried to make the same with Messi, but it was impossible. And so without uh, without Messi, he has the the other uh, superstar of this uh, historical period, Cristiano Ronaldo, but uh, it wasn't enough. Uh, he, uh, he had to hire the, the, to hire the, the best manager and Mourinho was uh, the uh, fresh winner of a contest against Guardiola's Barcelona. So he was the man. I know him, uh, of course, uh, since uh, the Inter times, uh, but not very well. When I arrived, uh, me and uh, one or two other Italian journalists uh, to cover the match, uh, the most important match of Real Madrid, uh, Mourinho always uh, has a strategy. He usually is in war against uh, the, the press, the newspaper and the journalists of the country in which he works uh, in that moment. When arrive uh, journalists, reporter from the country in which he has... Uh, work with success, they are his best friend. <laughs> they are in, the, in the press conference. And so I remember the press conference uh, of, um, of Real Madrid, uh, for example, before the Copa del Rey match in Valencia. And I remember that uh, he was very hard and polemical too with the Spanish uh, bodies, our bodies, but with me and uh, with the, the Republica journalist, he looked at us after a question uh, as to say that they are children, they don't understand. You understand <laughs> the real football. You have seen, uh, you, you remember, there are always the same topic. Barcelona play nice football and Real Madrid plays speculative football. Always the same. He said to the uh, Spanish uh, journalist, ask the two Italians if Inter fans are happy about uh, speculative football that they have no more space uh, on, the, on their shirt to put the trophies we won. Uh, ask them. Or if... Uh, they want uh, uh, nice football. Uh, the, the nice football was beaten in the semi-final. Ask Inter fans what they prefer. And it was very, it was very funny. Of course, you must understand. You must always remember that uh, you, uh, that uh, Jose were using you. 
of course, you you must always remember this because you can easily lose your mind and think to be, uh, I am the best journalist because Jose considered me in this way. For those people who are um, maybe listening to some of this for the first time, let me just paint the corners, which is that when Mourinho comes to Inter, we don't need to go back to that. But when he comes to Inter, it's a club which is looking for an identity. It's a club which is looking to um, restore its pride. He takes one season um, whereby they become more competitive. He has one big transfer market when, for example, he signs Eto and he signs Milito and he signs Lucio. They win the treble in great, great style. So when he's talking about to you guys about ask the Spanish media about or saying to Spanish media ask Paolo and, and the journalists from La Repubblica yes. about Inter he's talking about a very successful um, spell but you know this strategy of Mourinho was to, to say it so often and so loudly in Spain you all love Barcelona's play and you call it so pretty and so beautiful but that's not important the important thing is winning, and you can win in different ways, and you're all wrong. When you look at Guardiola's Barcelona and you see beauty, that's not what you're seeing. You're seeing soft people. You're seeing, you're seeing a football which I can, I can beat. And he began to say this message again and again and again. And he also began, even before the semi-final of the Champions League, and you, t- you took us, you mentioned the Copa del Rey final in Valencia, which was part of the sequence of four games in Easter 2011 because it went the La Liga second Clasico uh, which ended 1-1 with some red cards and penalties then it was the Copa then it was the two semi-finals and irrespective for the moment Paolo of, of the actual results I guess it didn't surprise you that Mourinho was trying to tear down the public appreciation for Barcelona and Guardiola's football yes. because it was a, a clear strategy because uh, Mourinho uh, knows that Real Madrid was a good team but not so good as Barcelona and he knows that if the duel remain cold remain elegant he can't win but if he can to become a more hot, hotter, hotter, every day hotter, the, the match, he has uh, some chance. And in fact, uh, the biggest uh, communication moment of those uh, 18 days arrived, uh, you remember, before the third match, that was the first leg of the Champions League semi-final. It was a fantastic day, because uh, Guardiola... <laughs> Guardiola has made a small mistake in his first speech, and and he said that he remembered that in Valencia a goal of Pedro wasn't allowed because of a very sharp offside. Let, was- let me describe that, Paolo, because there's a part of this which excites me very much. You and I were in the Mustaya that day. And one of the things that I think is completely forgotten is that the, the Pedro goal, in inverted commas, that you're talking about, where it's nil-nil and it's a very hostile game, like you talked about Mourinho deliberately trying to make the entire battle hotter. Not cold, not clean-cut, not about skill, but making it aggressive, making it, instead of a Marquis of Queensbury fight, 
making it a backstreet knuckle, bare knuckle fight. And that narrowed the gap. And the game in the Copa del Rey final was exactly what you described, Paolo. It had some moments of beauty and skill, but it was so intense. The the Clásico has one major problem, which is that in the league Clásicos, there are maybe only two or three hundred away fans. In the Copa del Rey final, you have the Mestalla divided 50-50, Blanco y Blaugrana. Great night, great night. So the, the 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 atmosphere is volcanic. It's extraordinary, and the reason I I butted in to interrupt is that the goal that Pep is describing is made by one of the great runs by Leo Messi. Maybe even a better dribble against Madrid than the one that comes in the semi final first leg. And his his eruption from midfield to go past four or five players and then feed Pedro is beautiful football. But Pedro is or isn't call it how you will two, three, four, five millimetres offside. And, and like you say, afterwards, Pep calls it um, a very narrow decision. And and you reckon that's a mistake because however Pep expressed himself, what are you saying, Paolo, that it gave Jose an opportunity? Yes, he gave an opportunity because um, he, he wasn't clear in his speech, uh, Pep. He talked about a narrow, uh, a narrow decision but it seemed, uh, for, for a while, it seemed that uh, he was lamenting this decision in the press conference. It, it was a, a small hole, but uh, Mourinho uh, is, uh, <laughs> is the master. <laughs> it's all he needed. Using the small hole to open a big window. <laughs> and uh, I remember, uh, as, uh, as in, uh, it was yesterday, the press conference because uh, of course he is a great actor too and that was one of his best performances because he said until now until now there were two two party in uh, for, between a football manager one great no one small party small very very small party is the manager that uh, never talk anything uh, about uh, the mistakes of the referee. It's a very small party. I uh, try, I really try all the life uh, to become one of them, but I am not able. I, I wasn't able to do. I belong to the second big, big, big party of the manager that uh, when uh, the referee make a mistake, uh, uh, said this, uh, said this. <laughs> Lament this, but we are ready to congratulate with the referees that make the right decision. Now there is a third party. <laughs> from from the, today there is a third party that is only uh, Pep Guardiola inside this party. But Pep is very charismatic. I, I am sure that uh, a lot of other managers uh, will arrive in the, in his party. The party of the manager that uh, lament uh, the correct decision of the referee. <laughs> <laughs> and he says it with that devilish little smile. And somebody in the press conference, I remember, laughs because he's saying that, that this new group has only one member right now. The guy <laughs> is Pep, who criticizes the referees for getting things right. And yes, like you say, it was it was a great it was a great speech. It, it seemed like a great strategy, but. 
you, you you said it was a great day because for storytellers, what's wonderful is if you see the lead actor giving a big performance. The second actor then says, "Okay, I'm coming out to play." Then it becomes an even better day, right? It was a, it was fantastic for us. It was a fantastic period. After that, uh, Guardiola became crazy. All his players, uh, all the relatives of his players. Uh, uh, in the Mira Sierra Suite, the hotel in which uh, the Madrid hotel in which they uh, arrived uh, for the for the match, were crazy and uh, hoped that, that uh, he react in some way. Because uh, until that uh, uh, press conference, uh, Guardiola uh, was trying uh, to maintain cold the war and not uh, hot. He knows uh, as Mourinho. Uh, knew that uh, only if uh, the duel uh, become hot, he can win. Uh, Pep, uh, at the same time, uh, it's a mirror uh, situation, knows that uh, if the match remain cold, he easily will uh, win it. But enough is enough. In the press conference inside the Bernabeu, the press conference of the first leg, first he said... Uh, Iniesta can't be part of the match because he's injured. Then he asked, uh, where is the camera of uh, Jose? He called me Pep, I call him Jose. And began uh, the the most uh, uh, tense, uh, but also funny, press conference uh, of my career. In this sala, he is the puto jefe, the puto amo, he is the one who knows the world. Yo no quiero ni competir ni un instante. Solo recuerdo que hemos estado juntos cuatro años. Él me conoce y yo le conozco. Y con eso me queda. Si luego él se quiere quedar por las declaraciones de la final de la Copa del Rey con los amigos de la prensa escrita y la prensa que ahí está, de los amigos del presidente don Florentino Pérez y que hace más caso a ellos que la amistad, no amistad, la relación que tuvimos, pues puede hacerla perfectamente. You remember el puto amo el puto jefe it is the i don't know uh, uh, we, we can say we can with say the english that, uh, with we, the we english, can say this uh, it's, it's kind of amo and jefe are kind of the same word but, but it, what it, what he was saying in english is in this press conference room Josie is the fucking boss he's the yeah. fucking number one yeah. and i don't want to com- compete with him right that's that's, this is this is what puto amo and puto jefe means in English. Uh, he sent a message, a subliminal message. You know him, I know, and uh, I think you know that, you know uh, me, I know you. We know yes, each other. Yeah, yes, exactly. and uh, and I think that uh, he was referring to the story that I tell as first in my book about the Samames clash uh, between. Uh, Jose and Pep that worked together for Barcelona. Pep was uh, the captain of Barcelona and uh, Jose was uh, the assistant, uh, first traductor and then assistant of uh, Sir Bobby Robson in the year in which he uh, he trained Barcelona. And uh, uh, Mourinho was, uh, uh, was a hot man also in those years, uh, and uh, he had uh, a hard confrontation with Luis Fernandez, 
the coach of, um, uh, of Athletic, and Guardiola arrived when uh, Luis Fernandez and four Athletic players were around Jose Mourinho, and Jose Mourinho has only Luis Figo, Portuguese as him, uh, to, to help him. It was a very tense and quite violent situation, and Guardiola arrived, and with his charisma, talked to Luis Fernandez. What's happened? Uh, Luis Fernandez uh, uh, said something about uh, the, some gesture uh, of uh, Jose, and uh, Pep uh, told, okay, it's my, my business, as a teacher or a, as, a, as a father that entered in a tense situation between, uh, between his son and uh, some other uh, uh, kid and say, okay, I will punish him, let me, uh, let me go, and uh, he made this. Basically, the, the, the situation is like outside a, night, a nightclub, and there is pushing and shoving and some pretty fishes are going to be broken. And the bouncer comes in and says, OK, OK, we've all had a drink, folks. Time to go home. Nothing to see here. And effectively, in short, Guardiola rescues Mourinho that day in Samames. And, and that's what you reckon that um, in his speech, that, that rock and roll speech where, Marie, where Guardiola in the Bernabeu in 2011, before the semi-final, looks straight down the camera. He's, when you said, he says, where is Jose's camera? Then he says, probably all of them. And yes. he criticizes the press for suckling at the teat of Florentino Perez. But like you say, he says, Jose, we know each other. We worked together. So it, like, you, like you say, he's referring back to their bond, the fact that they were once colleagues, and the fact that he, he once rescued Mourinho in a very bad situation at San Mames. You know that uh, that night, uh, uh, coming back to the hotel, uh, Guardiola entered, the, the team left the Bernabeu at the end of the training, and he remains for the press conference. Then uh, he, uh, he joined his team in the restaurant room of the Mirasierra Suite, and when he entered the room, all the team... Uh, stand up uh, and shouting uh, and uh, applauding uh, Pep Guardiola because finally he gave an answer, an hard answer to the provocation of Jose. People know that the game at the, the Bernabeu is hot and Pepe makes a tackle and there's a red card and Messi scores two beautiful goals. So against the yeah. men, Barca win 2-0. But afterwards, given that we're focusing more on the two men rather than on the rather than on the the football itself, it, it was you said that maybe the most fun, the most enjoyable press conference um, was the night before the game. But the night of the game still lives with me as as <laughs> I, another I legendary conference. Uh, unbelievable, almost like I'm I'm not being rude or derogatory, but it was so nonsensical. It was so embarrassing. And I'll let you describe it, but it wasn't quite like a breakdown from Mourinho, but he'd been sent off for complaining about the Pepe red card. And therefore, rather than the issue being about his tactics, rather than the issue being about playing Pepe in midfield to try and impose himself physically to stop Barcelona playing, rather than the, the debate being about Madrid at home, 
in a Champions League semi-final playing defensively, which caused many Real Madrid or Madridistas to be angry. Jose chose a way to make it all about the referees and the referees in general, not just that night. When you watched this, one of your two duelists from your book, Mourinho, that night, tell a little bit about how he behaved, but also tell more about what you were thinking and what you saw and what you heard. I I think that um, after uh, the first goal of Messi, Real Madrid was in 10 men for the red card to Pepe. Jose Mourinho was uh, a red card for him too, because uh, for the complaint against the decision and uh, from that moment I think that he didn't uh, think uh, anymore to the result of the match and to the how to arrange, uh, how to save something to try in the second leg to, to, win, the, to win the match but it out uh, uh, how to win uh, the world's war because uh, he knows that uh, the day before uh, Guardiola uh, had took an advantage in a situation where usually he was the boss. So in the words uh, situation, in the mind games situation, uh, it was already the dossier of the situation in which, uh, uh, in which uh, Barcelona's uh, Pep has some advantage from, uh, from uh, the referee. Something was cor- some name was correct, some name uh, uh, was not. But, uh, but uh, Mourinho was in the, um, in the press conference after the match and he began another historical and legendary press conference, the conference of the Porqué. Conseguir la respuesta, que es por qué. Por qué? Por qué Ovrebo? Por qué Busaca? Por qué Deblecker? Por qué Stark? Por qué? Por qué? Por qué is why he said uh, uh, why Stark that was the referee of that match uh, pushed off uh, Pepe? Why uh, Ovrebo that was uh, the catastrophical referee of the Chelsea uh, Barcelona of, uh, of the first year uh, 2009 semi-final? Yes, yeah, so when Iniesta. Uh, score a goal uh, in the injury time, uh, but before um, it was true, there were uh, two, penal- two clear penalties against Barcelona t- that weren't uh, called. And uh, why De Blecker? De Blecker was in the uh, Barcelona-Arsenal match uh, and uh, he stopped Van Persie for an offside uh, that, uh, that, wasn't, that wasn't offside. Why? Oh, I don't remember now the other. There were uh, four or five uh, referee situations and uh, uh, Mourinho, uh, Mourinho called everything. Oh, but the genial word was uh, why, por qué. Por qué? Por qué? Maybe, maybe is the Unicef icon. Of yeah, let their... me stop you, Paolo. Let me stop you. This is the only time Mourinho makes sense because... Everybody knows that UNICEF, the world charity for children, is really an evil force which is controlling referees. Everybody knows this, and finally it was said out loud. So Mourinho reaches for UNICEF. <laughs> UNICEF and says, Porque, well, maybe it's because UNICEF... Oh. This is where, no matter what enjoyment 
as a storyteller, you take about having a, a theatrical bad guy. And this is what Mourinho was happy to paint yeah. himself as. Yeah. No matter how much you enjoy painting that story, this was the moment when, for me, it just became embarrassing and silly. <laughs> no, uh, I think that uh, after the third match, uh, we all uh, realised uh, that uh, we were beyond football. Uh, the good and the evil. You can choose where is the good and where is the evil. <laughs> but, uh, it was uh, it was beyond, and so I um, I realised uh, that uh, I uh, was uh, witness, as you said before, I was witness of the best duel I ever seen in more than thirty years of a journalistic career, and 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 I wanted to write about it, and. Uh, and I can tell you a nice, uh, uh, a nice story, a nice backstage of this uh, of this book. When I call Manele Stiarte, uh, Manel, I want uh, to send you to you and Pep two copy of my books, uh, of my book. And uh, Manel was ah okay, I give you the address of Carrington. And uh, what is the topic of your book? And I told, uh, um, and uh, and I said, Manel, the topic of my book is the 18 days of war between Pep and Mo in Spain. There was a long, long silence <laughs> on the other part of the phone, and then Manel, Manel uh, had a very grave. Uh, at a very hard uh, voice, uh, Paolo, those days uh, should be uh, forgotten, not uh, perpetuated uh, with a book. <laughs> <laughs> the year, the year after, the year after, uh, Pep uh, lose everything, and uh, um, uh, Mourinho uh, prevail and won uh, and won the Liga, and uh, he. Uh, Pep lose uh, the semi-final, uh, the champion semi-final in an incredible second leg uh, against Chelsea. You remember that then Chelsea uh, won the title. And the unusual uh, choice uh, of a sabbatic year in New York, uh, that is not a football country, it's not a football city, is because uh, the duel uh, with uh, Jose stolen him uh, all the energy. And just let me read to the listeners. In in your book, The Duelists, you write that Guardiola said when Mourinho was first appointed at Real Madrid, when a coach of the calibre of Mourinho arrives, it makes us all better. And then you write, however, at the end of the series of four classicals in 18 days, a series which Pet won convincingly because Barcelona defeated Manchester United relatively easily in the final at Wembley. So they held La Liga and the Champions League at the end of the season while Mourinho just had the Copa del Rey. Pep's words were tired and depressed. And you quote him as saying, these aren't games that I will remember fondly, regardless of the results, because they were accompanied by too many incidents that are incomprehensible to me. I think, ultimately, Mourinho has won the war. And then, Paolo, I want to come forward to link us to Manchester and the Derby this weekend. 
because on page 188, you you pick up on something that you hear, which suggests that Mourinho has not really forgotten. You go to the press conference that follows Chelsea winning the Premier League title in 2015, and you say, instead of celebrating his great achievement and thanking the players and describing his own triumph, the classic topics after winning a league, Mourinho decided that it would be better to attack Guardiola, even though he didn't explicitly name him. I think that you're you're quoting um, deliberately from a Jonathan Wilson article yes. called mm-hmm. The Devil and Jose Mourinho, but you quote directly from what Mourinho says, and, and the quote is this. I'm not the smartest guy to choose countries and clubs. I could choose another club in another country where to be champion is easier. Instead, I accept the risk of a more equally balanced tournament, and I'm so, so happy to have won it. I was champion at every club I coached, Inter, Real Madrid, and twice at Chelsea. I couldn't pick one, they're all important. To win the title with Real, with 100 points against the best Barcelona team ever, was a big achievement. Maybe in the future I have to be smarter and choose another club in another country where everybody is champion. Maybe I'll go to a country where a kit man can be coach and win the title. Sooner or later, I'll decide to do it. But it won't be now, because I still enjoy these difficulties. Both you and Jonathan Wilson feel that that was a reference to it being easy for Bayern Munich to win the title in Germany. Yes. Or maybe being easy for Pep before Mourinho arrived in Spain. Rather than focusing simply on, on 2015... Do you, do you think now, even as a witness from Italy, from, from further away, do you think now that Mourinho has forgotten and forgiven and moved on? Do you think Guardiola still bears any scars? Guardiola is painting is painting a masterpiece. He always said that Johan Cruyff painted the Cappella Sistina. And uh, he, Van Gaal, Rijkaard, made some small uh, perfection, some small uh, things, added something. But uh, the Capella Sistina was painted by, by Cruyff. I don't think so. Not, um, not completely. I think that Pep Guardiola is painting his European master, football masterpiece, winning in all the countries... I expect that after the Manchester City job, he came. He will come to Italy. I'm waiting for to Italy and then to France. He wants to paint it the European football masterpiece, winning in some different ways. But in every country, he adds something that belongs to that country. The the quickness of Manchester City is superior than the quickness of uh, uh, Barcelona and uh, Bayern Munich. For sure, for sure. It's a, cl- it's a classical English topic, uh, the fitness and the, uh, and the quickness of the, of the game. And Mourinho is the man that uh, uh, heaven or hell send to, to contrast this great design. Great project, and of course uh, he he's a fantastic winning machine. I I think that uh, last year uh, he made uh, 
Uh, I don't know if he made a fantastic job in Manchester or not, because I didn't like uh, what I saw uh, in uh, in the Premier League and in the, in the Europa League too. He won three trophies. It's a, a trophy machine, a trophy machine. And uh, I have uh, seen that in this uh, season, he makes some battle of words with Pochettino, with Conte, with Wenger as usual, with Klopp too. <laughs> but uh, he didn't say anything of hard about uh, Guardiola. Could be that uh, he's become, he's not old, of course, but uh, now Guardiola remember him uh, the best years of his life. That will be this uh, and uh, the years of the past uh, when uh, he beat him uh, with Inter and with Real Madrid. And we, when you become old, also the old enemies uh, have something <laughs> of friendly at the end because uh, they uh, uh, you gave your best because you have the best opponent. And this is... Uh, and this is a fantastic lesson of sport. I think you've made the case, uh, Paolo Condo, that if um, if Jose Mourinho didn't exist, then Pep Guardiola or Manuel Estiarti would have to invent him. And um, we've proven to the socios listening to the big inside view that if Paolo Condo and his book, The Duelists, didn't exist, then we would have to invent you. And I, I reserve you now, Paolo. I reserve you as a guest in the Big Inside View again in Easter when Manchester United and Manchester City, when Jose Mourinho and Pep Guardiola are facing each other in, let's say, four times in 18 days in England, in the FA Cup, <laughs> in, in the Premier League and in the Champions League semi-final. How about that? Will, will you come on again? It should be a fantastic uh... Uh, second half. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware.